0: Good day to you ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Focus episode 46, the top 10 films of 2017. and gentlemen north south east and west and welcome to another episode of film focus i am your host the hypersonic 55 and i'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion and if you are new welcome thank you for taking the time out of your day to you know listen to my wonderful ramblings (laughs) um but yeah here we are december is nearly over the year as a whole is nearly over and 2018 is literally just around the corner in a few days it will be you know a whole new year and there will be a whole new set of films to you know look forward to and get into and I'm excited there are a number of films you know mainly big-profile films for myself that I'm looking forward to especially those superhero films because I can't get enough of that juice but yeah before we get to that point it's that time of year again where we have to talk about top 10 you know list and I've seen a few go up online you know via my friends and some YouTube people I follow and um now it's time for me to bust out mine now I'm gonna say this up front this top 10 that I've crafted has been one of the hardest ones I've had to make in recent years because in previous years, even if there were a whole lot of bad films, the really good ones would rise above. So say like last year in 2016, there were a number of films that I really liked straight away, like uh, Captain America Civil War or Sing Street or Kubo and the Two Strings, or Zootopia or Rogue One. You know, there was just a number of films that just, you know, stood above like all these other films that I knew I liked straight away. And while there were certainly films that stood out for me, the problem was that several of these really good films over the course of this year gave me what I wanted in different ways certain films made me feel like you know emotionally or certain films made me laugh or certain films just hit that kind of button of what I like to see in films whether it's you know the action genre or thrillers or sci-fi that kind of thing so each of the films that are in my top 10 list gave me something different some gave me the same thing but in different ways so when it came to putting these films into a top 10 I was struggling I had just the toughest time trying to process everything put it into a top 10 and make it feel like it had purpose in the right way so when I get around to talking about this top 10 I know it's going to be one of the most controversial lists I've created in recent years and I know that a lot of my friends especially the film fans will they'll be after me (laughs) so this is going to be interesting and I'm just going to say this out right now this list will be subject to change because besides the top two and a few other films here and there this list is just so crazy and the films that are in my honorable mentions as well could have easily been in this list as well so this list is just not set in stone there is a lot of things that could change between here and you know the start of January but yeah I just want to say that right now, so before we get into the top 10, I'm just going to get into the honorable mentions and talk about some of these films that, you know, really work for me, but just escaped the list by, you know, (coughs) centimeters, just millimeters. Alright, so now it's time to talk about those honorable mentions, the runner-ups that just missed the top 10 by a few hairs. So, firstly we're going to go back to January with Trainsporting 2, I'm not going to call it T2 Trainsporting because that's a stupid name, but anyway, Trainsporting number 2, I was very curious to see how this film would turn out, because I liked the first Trainsporting, I'm not one of those obsessed fans, but I liked it enough that I was curious to see a sequel, and even though I knew that Danny Boyle was returning and the majority of the original cast were coming back, it was a sequel being done like how many years after the original, you were very curious as a fan, how they were gonna try and recreate that magic and while obviously it wasn't the same as the original Trainspotting. I feel like Trainspotting 2 is the best case scenario for a sequel that we could have gotten. It feels like a great companion piece to the original, it does a lot of really good things with the characters and the story and just takes place in a different world from the original but has enough echoes and references to the past that it just feels right. It's a great continuation for the characters. It was cool to see the highs and lows of where these characters went from the original film and the performances were great. I loved the references to the past and the nostalgic feelings were good and Danny Boyle's direction was solid. I liked the film a lot. Also coming out in January was Split the latest film from M. Night Shyamalan and as a person who was you know burnt on Shyamalan a good few times in the past especially because of you know The Last Airbender a film that not many people have forgiven him for still to this day and After Earth which was a film with interesting ideas but bad execution I was very curious to see how this film would play out just because the trailers were interesting but I was you know cautiously optimistic but then I saw the film and I was like you know what Split was pretty interesting I liked some of the ideas the story and the way in which it played out just had this dark and twisted tone that got more and more interesting the more you dived into what was going on with James McAvoy's character and the multiple personalities they had I thought the performances for most of the people involved were really good, especially James McAvoy, whose versatility just continues to you know, expand with each film that he's in, and as that film continued and went to the ending and you found out what, how, where this film takes place and how it relates to a certain other film it was a revelation, and it's not like the biggest surprise I've ever seen in the film, but the way in which it was handled was just really great and it just makes me so excited for where the series will go in the sequel so I'm just stupid hyped for the film moving on to February we had John Wick Chapter 2 now John Wick the original I really liked I was late to the party with that film but I ended up really liking it so when the trailers for John Wick 2 were coming out I was like yeah this is probably going to be pretty good and to be honest it was a damn good fun time at the cinema uh, I like the way in which they expanded the universe, went into a little bit more about John Wick's backstory, the connections he had to certain other characters, some new, some old, and the change in scenery, the over-the-top ridiculous nature of some of the action sequences, whether it's hand-to-hand combat, the chase sequences, or the gunfights, all of it was great, the gun-fu, as they put it, is just <laughs> wonderful and Keanu Reeves, he's just in his element in this film. It was also great to see certain other actors like Ian McShane and Common who was a good addition to this film, I might add, and just a few other people here and there, I was just really solid. I enjoyed the film so much, the action was great, it was exciting and some of the action sequences were just ridiculous. It made me laugh so much and while that normally takes certain people out of the film, I was having the time of my life watching that stuff so it was really fun. Back in June, we had Wonder Woman, a film that I was very skeptical about watching before it came out, but it ended up being just one of my favorites of the summer. And while I'm not one of those people that's going absolutely gaga for Wonder Woman, I thought it was just a really solid, wonderful, good, really solid good you know, origin story for this character. As someone who's never really been interested in the Wonder Woman character, this film did well to explain, you know, her origins, about where she came from, talk about the mascara, that mysterious island that no one could see, talk about the Amazons, set it in World War One, which is a really interesting setting, have her go on this journey with Steve Trevor to defeat Ares, learn about the world, have her strong morals and ethics sort of clash with the way in which the world works at the time, and, you know, see her learn about humanity and that sort of stuff, it was really good, there were some interesting themes, a good balance between you know seriousness and humor, some of the humor in the film was great and the chemistry between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman was pretty good as well, Chris Pine was wonderful, love that guy, <laughs> Gal Gadot was really good, I thought that, Robin Wright was, she stole the show early on in the film. The actions he for the most part were good besides some of the slow-mo that was involved and besides you know some of the weak villains in the film and Ares being you know okay I like the actor and the characters but you know that third act was just not as strong as the first two. Overall Wonder Woman was just a solid film and that's all I could have hoped for considering the state of the DCEU at the moment so you know well done Patty Jenkins for crafting such a nice little film. Another film that was going to be considered for the list but literally just got taken out as I saw a few more films in December was Molly's game I got to see an unlimited screening at City World for it and it ended up being far more interesting than I expected it to be now I'm a massive fan of Jessica Chastain I like Idris Elba as well and seeing this film being the directed debut of Aaron Sorkin who's written some of my favorite interesting scripts in some of the films I've seen in recent years, I was, you know, hyped to see what was going on and the film ended up being far more captivating and engaging than I expected it to be. At first, I was interested in, you know, Molly as a character and how she got to where she was before she got, like, you know, lost in the world of, like, gambling and all this sort of stuff, but there was a certain point in the film where emotionally it gripped me far more than it had beforehand and she went from a character that I was interested in but didn't really like to someone that I was, you know, rooting for. The performances all around were great. Jessica Chastain was incredible. I really liked Idris Elba. He had this one really well written speech in the film that was just damn good and Michael Cera this was one of the most serious roles I've ever seen him in I don't know if I've ever seen him in any other roles that were similar to this but he acted really well in this film he was really good and so was Kevin Costner the film was just really good and the last two films I wanted to mention is Gifted and Life two films I really wanted to see in the cinema but just never got around to seeing, just because of awkward timing Gifted was the latest film from Mark Webb after he'd made Amazing Spider-Man 2 so I was curious to see what he was going to do with this story and the cast and it ended up being a really nice movie a feel-good dramatic heartbreaking melancholy interesting kind of film and while the story can be described as a little predictable if you've seen these kind of films before I thought that the performances from everybody involved the little girl whose name I'm you know blanking on at the moment and the grandmother was pretty good but Chris Evans I've loved that guy for years as an actor and he just continues just to act so well he was really cool I also liked the teacher that he uh, gets involved with who I can't remember her name but she was the sister of John Ralphio from parts of Rex so it was great to see her in the film and Octavia Spencer she's always great in everything so I really liked her performance in this film and with life it was just nice to see another space based sci-fi film with you know some crazy alien trying to take out people there was a great sense of realism, the tone and atmosphere was incredibly dark and mysterious and it was violent and awkward and just creepy that film left me on edge and I just didn't like the way in which certain things went down but it was done in a really good way the performance from everybody well, was really so, was really good Rebecca Ferguson, I love her, she was really good I also really liked Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds was good and I'm pretty sure the Asian guy in this film was that same dude who was in the Wolverine from 2013 but I cannot confirm that at the moment so don't quote me on that but everybody in the cast was good the visuals were really interesting I like the color scheme and yeah some good stuff now we move on to the main event the top 10 itself and here's the thing with the top 10 is going to be a little difficult for me to talk about some of these films because some of them I've seen multiple times and some of them I have to go by my first viewing and since there's been a certain amount of time since my first viewing of some of these films the amount of time I will dedicate to them will not be as much as others so just bear with me this is going to be a fairly loose assessment of some of these films but yeah with all that out of the way let's talk about film number 10 which is Detroit now before the film came out there was a lot of talk and hype about the Oscar potential for this film because of Catherine Bigelow you know noted female director that crafted films like Hurt Locker and Thirty that were you know in that Oscar contention so this film was definitely gonna follow suit with it being based on a true event back in the nineteen sixties with the Detroit street riots and you know with the solid cast and really interesting trailers everybody was hyped for this film and I think the film was generally you know well received even though it didn't make a lot of money at the box office and while there were certain people that said this film was not as good as a previous two films I thought the film was great. I haven't seen The Hurt Locker in Zero Dark Thirty yet, so I'm just going off of what I've seen of hers in the past, which was Point Break, which I still quite like. But yeah, Detroit, really solid film. The performances were really good all around, but it has to be noted that, you know, Algie Smith and Will Poulter did really, really great jobs, especially Will Poulter, who... Obviously, I know him as that kid in one of the Narnia films but he's come such a long way from there to Maze Runner and now this film where he had one of the most terrifying evil portrayals of any character I've seen in films in years I hated him but his performance was Fantastic. If he is not at least in the conversation to be nominated for like some of these big awards, especially the Oscars, I'm gonna be pissed. But yeah, all of the performances from everybody involved was really good. John Boyega Jason Mitchell, John Krasinski, and Anthony Mackey, all of those guys are really good. But Will Poulter and Algie Smith definitely stand out on that, you know, top tier level. Overall, the film was just really unsettling and just unfortunate. And obviously, some of the film was, you know, dramatized. For, you know I guess a more engaging film product but I thought it was just really effective all right now on to film number nine in the form of *Ocher*. now I remember there being a big hullabaloo about this film before it got released uh, mainly because of the director and the talent involved with the cast you know being a mix of korean and you know notable western actors as well the trailers looked interesting and the concept was interesting but for some reason i just never got around to watching it during the initial hype period when it got released on netflix so it wasn't until a friend of mine really coerced me into giving a watch and by the end of the summer i'd seen it and it had an effect on me it was far more emotionally engaging than i ever could have expected and it was I think my first main Korean film and the way in which it was put together, the story, the tone, the adventure, the drama, the melancholy painful nature of it all, it was a lot to take in and it was an emotional roller coaster for sure but I'm glad I saw it because it was really interesting here you have this really interesting you know story surrounding this young girl trying to protect her friend from this big old corporation that has big plans for this genetically enhanced pig just the concept of this pig and how it was created and what the company wants to do with it and how that fits into the grand scheme of the world and all the stuff that happens prior to the present time of the film you know the backstory and then how it affects this film and all of the people that get involved from you know the big companies to the smaller individuals everything comes together in a really just fascinating kind of manner it's incredibly realistic but exists in that area of fiction that just feels tangible enough that you can believe what's going on the performances for everybody involved was really really good and I'm not very good at the Korean name so I'm not gonna bother saying any of those but the main little girl and her I think it was grandfather they were really good Jake Gyllenhaal was in a performance that I had never seen from him before it was so wacky and strange but also really good Giancarlo Esposito I love that guy in anything that I see him in so he was really good and Paul Dano I've loved that guy for many years now and he was really really good in this film also Steven Yeun I really liked him and Tilda Swinton wow her work in this film was just wonderful I loved that woman. She was really good, and just the way in which this film was done, from a presentation point of view, was just so different from what I've seen in Western films in terms of the cinematography, the way in which the camera tracks certain shots, and the way in which things are framed, which is so very different from what I've expected in you know films beforehand. But it's really good, and the film is just not a very happy film. There's a lot of drama and just really creepy and uncomfortable moments, but. Just as an overall film it just needs to be seen, Oak Joe was really good. And the only reason it wasn't on my list higher is just because there's certain other films that ticked certain boxes for me in different ways. Next up on the list we have film number 8 in the form of The Villainess, the most recent film to be added to this list. Now I had been interested in seeing this film since I saw a review for it on IGN back in July. And I had waited so patiently to go about and get a copy of this film. And when it became available on Amazon Prime, I you know rented it just to see what it was like. And good gracious of this film was incredible. It was far more than I ever could have expected because it was being, you know labeled online from what I'd seen as a, you know action revenge thriller kind of film but it didn't really give mention to any of the deeper layers going on with the story in terms of some of the stuff that happens in the backstory and the more character driven emotional material that you know slows down in between some of the action sequences but definitely builds on the characters and you know makes you feel more emotionally engaged than you know what was made out for the film in the beginning I essentially went to the film blind. All I saw for the film was the review and the poster, I didn't watch any trailers, I just wanted to see what the film was like. And while the action in this film is there, and when it's there it is so effective, so visceral, violent, well choreographed and very intricately put together, especially with the different types of filming techniques from the first person views to the use of shaky cam to these almost seamless continuous fight scenes that go on with these crazy tracking shots which have these moments where you can if you know about film you can tell where these film cuts were done to you know create the seamlessness of these continuous you know fight scenes but the way in which it was all put together was really good but beyond the fight scenes is just the interesting story of the main character You learn about who she is, how she got into the situation, why she's on this, you know, trail of revenge for, like, the person who killed her dad. And just the interesting plot twists and revelations is just madness. And I didn't expect to be as emotionally invested in this film as I was, but it was just really well put together. And it was just a wow kind of film in the best possible way. I like The Villainess a lot and I recommend it highly if you haven't, you know, had the chance to see it already. Definitely one of those sneaky films of 2017 that, you know, did a good job. Alright, so now moving on to film number seven and this is where things start to get a little controversial. Uh, (laughs) Number seven on my list is Logan. Now, before you, you know, verbally attack me because of my placement, hear me out. Logan was a film I was looking forward to so much those Johnny Cash trailers got me right in the soul and will go up there as some of the you know best trailers for films I've ever seen in my life or at least in recent history. They were so well put together and painted such a visceral image of what this you know superhero-ish kind of film was going to be. It looked like a western kind of thriller-esque kind of film with superhero characters in it. You saw Wolverine and Professor X in much different places than you ever seen in the previous X-Men films. You got to see the introduction of X-23, this post-apocalyptic kind of world. You see Logan in a just a downright horrible situation where he's aged up. He's the healing factor isn't working as much as it used to he's just in a crappy situation and just seeing the journey that he goes on seeing him discover you know X 23 slash Laura and see the journey that her, Logan and Professor X go on as they're you know being hunted by this you know terrible man in this organization and just the revelations and surprises in this film were just beyond what I could have expected they took a lot of risk with these characters putting them in a more adult situation full of darkness really interesting and thought-provoking themes uh, the action was just full-on violence that a lot of the fans have looked forward to seeing for years but it was done so in a realistic kind of manner this film definitely feels like the first film in a while that took the superhero genre into a different direction you know, since what the Dark Knight did back in 2008, um, the performance from everybody involved was fantastic. Daphne King was really good as Act 23. Patrick Stewart was just heartbreakingly great as Professor X in this, you know, very not Professor X y kind of role uh, where his mind is belittled and he has these crazy, you know, headaches that, you know, put everybody on the planet at risk. And Hugh Jackman. I've loved him as you know Wolverine in every X-Men film he's done you know even in that horrible 2009 film that (laughs) was not so much his fault but this film was just incredible he did justice to the character in so many ways physically and emotionally and this was just a incredible performance from him and you really feel like by the end of this film that you've been on this crazy journey with Wolverine since you know 2000 when the first X-Men film came out it's just really emotional dramatic stuff. The only reason that this film isn't higher on my list is because quite simply this. This film I had such high expectations for. I had an idea of where the story was going to go and some of the stuff that was done with the characters and story elements just didn't jam with me in the way in which I thought it would. By the end of the film I was, you know, emotionally engaged 100% and it goes down with having some of the best elements of any superhero comic book film I've ever seen but it just didn't click with me in the way in which I wanted it to and that's what prevents it from being higher on my list okay now onto my next controversial pick of the list Spider-Man Homecoming comes in at number six now again before you guys come and like you know try to beat me with your rods and fire and broomsticks and whatever you got hear me out Spider-Man Homecoming I had a lot of hype for but was very cautious of because even though Marvel was working with Sony to go about and create this film, there was still that part of me that was thinking, Oh, they could wreck this film like they did with Amazing Spider Man number two. And as much as I was, you know, interested to see what John Watson was going to do with this film, considering that I really liked his film, Cock Car, and you know, there was all the hype and anticipation because of the interviews and the trailers, and now they said they were going to have a John Hughes kind of film for the film, I was still hesitant. But, Spider-Man Homecoming, I saw that film in IMAX and after I came out of it, I was like, you know what, this film was just what I needed. The film wasn't amazing, but it certainly had amazing elements in there. And just as an overall film, considering how many times we've seen Spider-Man on the screen recently, in, you know, just in cinema in general, the film turned out so well. It had the right kind of high school feel. Everybody looked like they were in school. The school feelings felt right. The uh, main cast were really good. The secondary cast was good. I like this plot of, you know, a really young Peter Parker just discovering his abilities, wanting to do more, taking on more than he could chew, and then just, you know, finding out his place in the world basically. And the amount of Tony Stark that was in the film was just enough. He didn't overpower the film, but he enhanced it in just the right places. I like Peter Parker's journey. I like his friend Ned. And using the vulture as the villain was really good because I liked his backstory and how he you know, was connected to Peter and Spider-Man. And the film just had a nice sense of humor as well. Some of the jokes in this film were just freaking hilarious, the timing of it was wonderful, especially just some of these exchanges and comments from some of these characters and the action was really good, the film looked nice, it's ties to the MCU were just enough, not like overbearing but just enough with like some of the ties to Civil War and some of these other films, I love it and the film was interesting because it got better with each viewing for me and while there were certain elements about like a uh, you know Peter Parker not having his own proper suit that he was you know technically given to him by Tony Stark some of the action sequences didn't reach the same majesty as Spider-Man 2 for me and you know there were certain elements with the story that could have been changed that could have been better overall the film just brings me a sense of joy that I didn't expect to have they made me love Spider-Man again in a way I haven't felt since you know 2004 the film was just delightful wonderful good stuff and it just it hit by in just the right kinda way plus the film had a nice score from Michael Giacchino that had the most wonderful introduction music ever if you're a Spider-Man fan you know what I'm talking about that intro with the old 1960s song oh that means everything to me alright now it's time we move into the top five and with number five we have The Big Sick a film that I didn't really know much about until I watched the review from John Campier online and he recommended the film highly so I got around to seeing it, I think a few weeks later and it just ended up being a wonderful little film the film is described as a dramedy you know a drama with comedy but I feel like the jokes in the film don't resonate as well as the more dramatic elements and that's not to say the film isn't funny it definitely has its moments but I feel like the drama definitely outweighed the you know comedy and worked you know much better than the comedy did here you have a film about two people who find each other have this really infectious good chemistry together they end up you know getting into a relationship but then the female in the relationship she gets sick and then goes into a coma for a good while so it's just about how the main character ends up like you know dealing with the situation along with her parents as well and as the film just continues, you get to learn more about these characters and how they deal with this, you know, really terrible situation. There's a whole lot of stuff to deal with love and relationships and religion and you know, there's just so many layers to this film that just make it so fascinating and fun to watch. The performances from everybody involved was really good and the film is so feel good but also heartbreaking at the same time but it's just a film that needs to be seen in order for you to like you know fully un- fully comprehend why this film is like you know top of the year material. The Big Sick was some good stuff and I you know recommend it highly. Alright now this is where things start to get really complicated because Oh man this film like, you know it moved around. Basically here we have number 4 Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now at the time I saw this film the first time I think it might have been at number 2 as one of my favorite films of the year without question. Star Wars The Last Jedi does a lot of really interesting things with the lore and mythology, the way in which it chooses to take this series in new and bold different directions that we've never seen before in this series and that's mainly due to Ryan Johnson having you know a great level of control over what he's done with the story and direction and while not all of these choices have resonated with you know the fans new and old of this series I feel like the changes and decisions made with this story and just you know overall mythology and characters definitely works in this film's favor for the most part. Like I said when I saw this film the first time I thought it was incredible. Not all of the changes worked for me but overall I thought the film was really smart and bold and I've never felt this much tension in a you know major blockbuster film for a good while especially for Star Wars as well while there have definitely been like you know dark and interesting moments throughout the series especially in the original you know trilogy this film just took the series in much different directions in terms of the way in which the humor was done some of the character material even some of the visual material we've never seen in Star Wars before and some of it was just incredible the film looked great Uh, you know the lighting the CGI the mix of practical and special effects was really good Uh, some of the makeup and you know creature effects was really cool I like some of the set design especially with the casino planet the film looked wonderful especially some of the uh, space combat felt like a combination of what we've seen in Rogue One and The Force Awakens and some of the stuff in the original trilogy Uh, some of the lightsaber battles in this film were some of the best in the series since you know the prequel series And while there wasn't as much of it as I would have liked some of it the way in which it was just choreographed and seeing some of these weapons interact with lightsabers and you know just the fighting techniques in general good stuff I like the cast, the cast were really good the performances from Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver especially were really really good I like what they did with Luke they changed a lot of stuff for Luke in ways that I didn't expect but it was stuff that I respected overall I love Mark Hamill, he did such a great job with this performance, Carrie Fisher was definitely a lot better than she was in The Force Awakens and just had a lot of really great moments in this film. Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver though, they had the most amount of screen time and their stories are fleshed out in really cool and interesting ways and just seeing where these characters went from The Force Awakens to this film, both actors have you know gotten a lot better and refined the performances in this film and they had some great screen time. Uh, A lot of the characters in this film, you know, some of the minor characters from the previous film, were wasted. And now that I've had a few weeks to, you know, think about the story and, you know, some of the decisions made, some of it doesn't stick as well with me as it did the first time. But I still have only seen the film once, so my opinions on this film is subject to change. But as an overall film, I thought it took a lot of risk in a lot of interesting and bold ways. There were a lot of crowd pleasing moments for you know fans of the series and just some of this stuff was just wow. So much drama and emotion in Star Wars that I didn't think I'd feel. So yeah, The Last Jedi has its issues but overall I feel the pros outweigh the cons in really great ways. And now we move on to film number three in the form of War for the Planet of the Apes now, Rise of the Planet of the Apes back in 2011 was one of the best surprises I saw that year. Such an engaging wonderful reboot for this franchise that I really didn't have much interest in before you know 2011. Uh, you know, Andy Serkis and you know everybody involved with that film you know just did a great job of creating this interesting origin story for Caesar and then in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes back in 2014 they took the character in even more interesting directions you know things got darker more dramatic and character driven and the stuff with Cobra was damn entertaining and just you know captivating so with War of the Planet of the Apes everyone was hyped to see where Caesar would end up and this story went in a slightly different direction than I think everybody expected considering that war was in the title and heavily implied in the market and while there definitely wasn't as much conflict as people expected i thought the film was still very effective it had a deep engaging narrative that was you know full of highs and lows, drama, sinister things going on things got really dark and unsettling but you know in all those good ways and you know the performances from everybody involved whether they were you know doing motion capture performances or you know were you know live action people in the film everybody had their moments to shine the CGI work in this film was just insanity the amount of talent that those people have to create these uh, you know CGI based characters that look almost as realistic as you know the, they look damn realistic at certain points the fur and the detail on the faces and the body movements just like it, these could almost be animatronics in a way it looked that realistic it was damn good. Um, all the performances were good. I like learning about Bad Ape Uh, learning about Woody Harrison's, you know, bad guy character, seeing Nova and how she fit into this and Caesar's journey by the end of the film was just wow, it's just pure drama and while this film has issues that definitely became no more noticeable for me on the second viewing uh, that knocked it down a few pegs overall the film was still damn effective and you know by the end of it I'm just like yeah this is a damn good way to and know, concludes Caesar's story. Moving on to film number two in the form of Baby Driver. Now this film for the longest time was actually my film of the year. After I saw it, I pretty much said I'm pretty sure this is my favorite film of the year so far. But there is one film just above it that changed my mind but we'll get to that in a bit. Basically Baby Driver. What can I say that hasn't been said about it already. It's such a delightful, interesting layered and great film from Edgar Wright this guy has made some of my favorite films ever in the form of Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim vs the World I really like Spaces TV series so when I heard about this film I was interested but the trailers of what really got me interested and obviously the cast but then I saw the film I'm like oh my gosh this one was great I'm having the best time ever watching this film it's so funny Delightful, yet has these really interesting dramatic moments as well, in terms of some of the backstory and some of the story that goes on, you know, with the main character and Deborah, and you know, all this other stuff. I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to give anything away, but the performance from everybody involved was really good. The performance from everybody involved was just incredible. Ansel Elgore as the main character, baby, was really good. Kevin Spacey, even though we don't like to talk about that guy anymore because of you know some of the stuff that went on in the news this year, his performances were still really good Lily James was just lovely so delightful as Deborah and John Hamm, Jamie Fox, John Berthel, Isa Gonzalez, all of them were really good everybody's performance in this film was just damn good and the action sequences were filmed so well, some of these uh, chase sequences car chases and you know firefights and stuff like that all well put together great composition, great cinematography and the way in which it was done to you know coincide with the music and some of the sound editing as well ah oh! as someone who has you know done film and audio editing just the amount of care and attention that was done to that just blows my mind but the sound editing and just ah oh, the the timing the timing of it all ah oh, it's delicious so good even now just thinking about it it just hurts my mind but it just in a good way the way in which this film was choreographed from the you know use of sound music and you know visual material all coalesces in this incredible synchronicity of gorgeousness and that soundtrack is amazing while I know of some of these songs the majority of the songs are you know almost completely alien to me and they work so well with the film it's a great eclectic mix of wonderful different types of music that just go so well with this film and it's one of the best soundtracks i've heard to a film in recent times damn good stuff and now it's time for the big one my number one film of the year and while baby driver like i said before was my favorite film of the year after i saw this film There was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be my favourite of the year. I am of course talking about Blade Runner 2049. Now I was interested in seeing this film mainly because of Denis Villeneuve's involvement as the director considering the material that he's done before with Prisoners and Sicario and Arrival. And you know, with the return of Harrison Ford and newcomer Ryan Gosling falling into the mix, I was like, you know what? Let me see what this film's gonna be about. I saw the original beforehand just to make sure I was up to date, and I thought the original Blade Runner it had elements of stuff that I really liked, especially in terms of the set design, the visuals, and some of the story and character elements. But the film never really resonated with me the way in which I hoped it would, considering the amount of hyper respect the film has. Um, but you know, the trailers looked interesting and I was curious to see what was gonna happen with it so I saw the film and I ended up coming out of it just being I felt like a changed man (laughs) it sounds weird but the film really did you know just rock my world in a way in which I didn't expect the film was bloody impressive and I liked it a lot more than I expected it to this film had a great consistency in its style, theme and overall narrative with the original film but on top of that It had its own interesting story to tell with interesting revelations, twists and turns that kept you guessing and a nice sense of ambiguity, suspense and mystery. This film just did so much for me in ways in which I didn't expect. There was things that I could predict but also things that just completely came out of nowhere in really great and interesting ways. The performances were great from everybody involved, Ryan Gosling fits into this world really well and his performance definitely echoes what he did with Drive and Harrison Ford did really well in the role that he established way back in the first film. He found a way to you know, feel similar to what had come before but demonstrate the change in his character over the course of time. But the real surprises for me were Anna de Armas and Sylvia Hoax who did fantastic jobs in the roles that they had in this film acting opposite Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. They definitely had some really scene stealing moments and definitely shone very brightly in this film. There was some really wonderful memorable performances from everybody involved especially Lenny James and Sop it all off, the film just looked really good, there was a nice sense of scope. the visuals were clean, had some really good stuff going on with the color scheme and the use of lighting, and the film score was just very atmospheric and kept you on your toes. The film was just super interesting and intriguing and wonderful in just ways I just couldn't have expected. It gave me so much that I didn't know what I wanted in a film this year and after I left it, I was like, yeah labor on 2049 has got it going on baby so yeah it's my favorite film of the year it had to be and with that ladies and gentlemen my list is done now as I said before at the beginning this was a controversial list because it was so hard to put together and some of these films are just in really awkward position because again some of them I've seen multiple times and some of them I've only seen once so yeah if you got beef with me send it to me in the comments I'm ready for you the only thing I really want to mention now is my most disappointing film of the year and for the longest time it was Alien Covenant just because I had mild expectations but I hope that this film would be a return to form and in some ways it was but in some ways it did a lot to just mess with the overall mythology of this series did a half-assed job at like continuing the story elements from Prometheus but also introducing new elements in this new film so yeah that was not very good but Kingsman The Golden Circle I was stupid hyped for that film considering that I loved the first Kingsman film and this new one just, it was more of the same but in the worst possible way. As I watched the film it just got more and more annoying with some of the stuff that they did with you know, the returning cast, how they were handled, the new American cast that were just wasted in a lot of ways and just some of the plot. Elements that they introduced, so some of the stuff they introduced in the film was just downright stupid. The more I thought about it after I'd seen it, the more it pissed me off. Oh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle should have been something great, something equal to, if not possibly better than the original. But as it stood, as it stands, Kingsman: The Golden Circle was just ah, it's a bloody mess. All right, and now with that all done. I would like to end this episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening. If you've got anything to say to me, drop it in the comments section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at hypersonic 55 or at FilmFocus55 or holler at me via email where I am at Hypersona555 at gmail.com Check me out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please give me some reviews on iTunes because that would be very much appreciated. And yeah 2017 may be over but another year of film is rolling around the corner so I'll see you guys in 2018 with these numerous films that we'll get to talk about from you know Avengers to the Han Solo film It's gonna be a crazy year so until the next time ladies and gentlemen happy new year and this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out peace